everyone and welcome back to the second estate as always we are your hosts i'm sarah bayer i'm hannah seymour and in today's episode we're discussing the good american ad campaign featuring chloe kardashian that was reportedly too sexy for tv the wall street journal publishing publishing i can't speak publishing slides from internal research at instagram that showed the app's negative effects on teen mental health and body image and finally, deep diving into the new Netflix documentary, Britney versus Spears. Right. That's correct. That's what we're talking about. That's, that's what we're talking about. Real um, tongue twister, publishing publishing slides. Say it Publishing times. slides. Publish, publishing slides. I don't Publishing. He sells publishing slides by the seashore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, um, anyway. Um, um, we, we have started this episode again for the yes. second time right now because um, we couldn't think of anything to say because we're so bored. Our lives have officially run out of subject matter yep. to discuss um, in any capacity because it's now we're now the most locked down city in the world, in yep. Melbourne. So congrats to us. Congrats to us. It's funny how, like, you know, I think about a few years ago when it was – we were able to actually travel to other countries and Melbournians are always like most livable city in the world. Like it's our yeah. whole, we no longer, I don't think that we can really use that. It's, no, all, it's just no. going to be, Oh wow. You guys were in lockdown for the longest time out of anywhere. Yeah. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. Um, it does feel honestly kind of validating though. Does it? it? In a way, because it's like, we've been, it feels like we've been in lockdown for so fucking long. Yeah, and yeah. And that's because we have. We have. Yeah, no, it's no, like, no, that's true. Yes, it'd I know suck if it was like third most locked down city, but yeah. we fucking got the top spot, you know? <laughs> yes, we did it, Joe. We did um. it. <laughs> we did it, Joe. Like, at least any pain that we have from lockdown is warranted because we've done it longer than anyone else. No one else can complain about lockdown more than us. No, that's true. I love when right? I have a reason to complain. Exactly. <laughs> and any time someone's like, oh, their lockdown was was shit, you can be like, were you in Melbourne? No. Not so shit is mine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, would you enter Squid Game to get out of lockdown? No. I'm watching. Have you watched it all yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't. We've watched a few episodes. Like, obviously, it's really good, but like, I'm so I find it so disturbing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know it's meant to be disturbing, but there's I get this weird sensation when I'm watching it, where it's like it's very Korean the way it's made. Is it? Yeah, I've watched a lot of Korean TV or or something. Um, it's just a little bit wacky, a little bit off off kilter. Like it's Which meant to be like that. Yeah. I like like yeah. it's really good. Like, and I love the music. I love the whole concept. It's real. It's very good, but it's like I just get this sensation of like. Even though I've watched other gory and like confronting f shows before, there's something particularly eerie about mm, it's horrible. it. So yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Would you to get out of lockdown? Go on. I feel like you would. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Day. I wouldn't. You'd win. Would I? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so because I, I like you need. It's luck, really, right? Not fifty percent of it is luck. That's true. But oh fuck, you're not up to the episode, so I can't say this. I'm, I'm just going to say I would have picked number 15 is what I'm going to say and it won't mean anything to you now, but okay. it will to the listeners I will when there. I see it, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is a lot about luck um, and, you know, <laughs> listening to the old man. 
as it always is. Yeah. Um, I love that old man. Listening to your elders and – Listening to your elders. And luck. And not disrespecting them and luck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, shall we? Yes. Speaking about elders, this next story is about Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> Go ahead, Anna. <laughs> okay. Last week, a video ad for Khloe Kardashian's brand, Good American, was released and supposedly got rejected from TV for being too sexy. And they, that is a direct quote, too sexy. Like, I'm not – those aren't my words. Hannah was um, like, wow. <laughs> I was like, this is too sexy. Um, so the ad features Khloe topless with a voiceover of her um, being like, I found the one or whatever. Uh, And then the brand posted it on Instagram and then subsequently posted a TMZ article about the ad reportedly being too sexy for TV. Um, So this got us thinking about the Kardashians and their ongoing technique of using scandal to promote their products, usually their TV show. Um, Was this too sexy for TV thing actually just a fake story leaked to TMZ by the brand themselves? What do you think, Sarah? I mean, I, I watched the ad and there's no way it was too sexy for TV. Well, like porn. I've seen, like, there's, like, yogurt ads that are sexier than that. Like, I was, like. <laughs> or, like, with innuendos or whatever. Yeah, like, I, that was, yeah. there's no way that was too sexy for TV. Apparently there was too much side uh, Maybe too with... sexy for a children's, yeah. like, 3 p.m. after school ads ad spot. But not you too sexy anything for 10 p.m. On... Yeah, you can put anything on at, like, midnight. Mm-hmm. So didn't they used to have, yeah, didn't they used to have the things where you like, um, they'd have the, they'd have ads for like calling sex hotlines. Yeah, and like Viagra and things like that. Yeah, so. Well, you can have swearing after a certain time of night. You can have nudity right. after a certain time of night, I think. So like, I don't know. No. Too, too sexy I, for play school, yeah. but Yeah, like, <laughs> like you'd hope so. Yeah. No, what was so weird to me about this was when I saw it, I was like, Okay, so this is obviously not true and it was planted. They, yeah. The yeah. source that TMZ had was Good American yeah. or Khloe Kardashian herself. It was herself. Chris Jenner. <laughs> it was Chris. Yeah. Um, but what's more weird to me is that obviously TMZ leaked the story, what reported on the story, mm. and then all these other publications like People.com um, have – can you hear the banging around in the background? What, in your house or my, my house? house? My house. Oh, because it's going on in mine as well. So, okay. I mean, just, so no, I can't. About to yell at uh, my boyfriend, but anyway. Um, I just love He's when banging you're in... around in my house as well. No. <laughs> no, but I just love when you're like, I'm recording a podcast and then it's like when he's like. No, and then someone dr- stop, stops up and down and like bangs pots and yeah. pans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, people.com and all these other publications are like reporting on it as though it's gospel and no one's going... Maybe this isn't true because yeah. why would they post the TMZ article on their Instagram page? It's so like because otherwise it would be a very nondescript classic Instagram video that they would upload as part of a campaign. Yeah. Um, but having it be like too sexy for TV means that press will pick it up and it'll mm. actually have more impact than any actual TV ad could have totally. for them. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it's, it's it's like if you look at the publications that picked it up, it was TMZ, The Daily Mail, The Sun, and Page Six. So, and I people, mean, yeah. Yeah, oh, and people. So I'm like, they're all obviously. And Co- Cosmopolitan. 
Yeah, I mean, I assume you can just pay for an online article from all of those news outlets pretty easily or leak stories to them with no fact-checking guarantee pretty easily. Like, it's not like the Wall Street Journal ran it. (laughs) Which would have been actually really funny. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so it was definitely manufactured. But I just – I think what is so kind of eerie – it's not eerie, but it's just like – What's odd about it is that so many people would see those articles and just be like, oh, okay, well, that's, wow, that's crazy. Mm. That's that's crazy or whatever. But I think that that's why the issue arises with them as an entire, as much as I love them, like them as an entire family because you mm. really actually cannot trust anything they do or say um, mm. because like they'll, and anything they say about their products and whether or not it works for them, like the number of times they talk about different products on the Instagrams or whatever and they probably have never even seen it yeah, in real God, life, yeah. but they say that they use it all the time. Um, or Kylie Jenner being supposedly being a billionaire and it turns mm. out they were faking documents. But it's like it just sort of me – it gives me this weird sensation of like what's actually true about things that they've said and things that have happened to them because you yeah, kind right. of just never know. Well, I feel like sometimes – I don't know, you get – I feel like sometimes I get a vibe – from them of what isn't isn't true there's things Mm. that like like you said kylie billionaire felt a little bit i don't know felt a little a little bit untrue but then like kim's robbery was definitely true right you know i feel like there's things with with them that you kind of can be a little bit suspicious of because it works to benefit their their brands Mm. in some way or works to make them money in some way but like I, i i wrote down that i think the whole idea, I think a lot of people used to criticize them for like making things up. Like the, the iconic example is the Jordan Woods and the Tristan Thompson cheating scandal. Of course. Like yeah. a lot of people used to accuse them of making things up in order to get better ratings on the show. But to be honest, once they got past like season five or six, I don't think the ratings, I don't think the ratings have ever been anything to write home about. And I don't think the ratings <laughs> past Sorry. that point have ever made any sort of difference to whether or not the show would continue because the show continues because the show is the mothership or you know obviously it's not on anymore but the show Mm -hmm. is the juggernaut the show is the is the sort of original thing but Mm -hmm. it but they became much bigger than the show very very early on and they continued to kind of do it just as this mainstay or secure thing so i don't really think that they would even be concerned drumming up drama specifically for ratings when the ratings of the show i don't think in the in the uh, you can't find i couldn't find proper data about it but yeah um there were some things sort of talking about that in the later seasons like the, the episodes were only rating like five hundred thousand viewers which in america is very low it's nothing yeah um so it's you know i really don't think that ratings was being streaming though uh, that no, they don't include. Uh, well, I don't know about what what this source was because it wasn't yeah. like the ratings thing that I'm used to. But it was just someone discussing it in an article. But um, yeah, no, traditional ratings are just. But even then, that's very low for America. Oh, totally, totally. Um, but I just wondered whether if yeah, if you included numbers. streamings, yeah, streaming, streaming. Uh, no, that, they don't. But they they should. That's another argument for TV industry about shows being renewed and stuff. But um, mm. yeah, I don't think that like. There's just a lot of stuff that I think maybe they've done for their personal brands and stuff, but it's not for the show's ratings. No, I, no, I agree. I think I think personal brand though comes into it a totally. lot, and like money. in terms of yeah, and like well, you think about how the family got their start. Scandal mm. Mm. was 
it's always been what has propelled them forward. Mm. I mean, Kim became the sex tape, infamous mm. sex tape, but that's kind of what they've always been about. So it's, I think, you know, things like the robbery or, you know, there's certain things that you definitely, f- you can kind of use your critical thinking and go, that's, it seems pretty yeah. true. Yeah. But you, and you know, if there's police reports and that kind of thing, yeah. you can kind of go, okay, this actually happened. But yeah. like, right, if, if Forbes is reporting that Kylie's a billionaire, is Forbes going to print something fake? But well, it turns that, out yeah, they totally. did and they didn't yeah. even mean to. And it's like, obviously now you can take this with a grain of salt. It's, I don't know. It's just interesting because it's like, well, how does fake information spread? Not that this is particularly damaging in any way. No, it's no, not. No. It's so mm. like frivolous. It doesn't yeah. really matter, but it's like, it's being reported on as though it's true and people would see it and be like, oh my God, like Chloe yeah. is too sexy for yeah. TV or whatever. It's like, it just gives me this weird, like, it does concern me if this is able to be reported as true, even if it is by not mm. non-reliable publications, it's mm. like, well, it makes sense why people buy skinny me tea or whatever oh, from definitely. Instagram influencers because people don't think about what they're looking at, that it could be incorrect because it's, yeah. do you know what I mean? I if it's reported like on by someone that pe- they people's re- trust. What's the um? I can't think of the phrase. It's like deductive reasoning or something. I don't know if that's that's it. probably it. Um, but like I feel like people's re- <laughs> uh, depending on the demographic. I think older pe- older people aren't able to do it as quickly. But people like our age, maybe between like eighteen and an hour age or 18 and 30 are able to just like look at an article title and almost tell whether or not it is real or fake or clickbait or not or whatever mm. instantly from the wording or instantly from like the picture associated or or the publication or the style of thing like we're able to like both of us looked at that and we were automatically like that's fake no um, yeah, yeah and 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 because it seems to just ride on the coattails of like that uh kim break the internet paper magazine cover which was sort of maybe the one of the first of its kind to do a sort of controversial break the internet thing like that and now every uh ad campaign since of that ilk has just been trying to do that so everyone kind of knows that that's that's what it is when you have that internet literacy or i suppose is what you would call it um i think that's probably what it is like it's just a lack of literacy or not being a digital native as they say whatever that means but being able to yeah older would perhaps look at that and take that as gospel or or believe it to be true or you know give them the reaction that they wanted which is like oh that's so shocking when in reality it's just no it was i mean i don't know like because i think also with like instagram in particular um there was the whole thing around kim had advertised some cryptocurrency on her instagram and now there's some watchdog in the UK that's like reported her because it's like a non, it's not a crypto cryptocurrency that's actually been like verified as a real crypto or whatever. Right. And they often do those like competitions where they're, you know, those photos where they're like surrounded by Louis so Vuitton. So weird. And then so to enter the competition, they're these big agencies that do it with, so there might be like 70 different Instagram accounts that the agency will work with. Yeah, right. Um, and they'll be like, all right, you're going to be part of the next giveaway. And so these different brands or individuals will mm. pay a certain amount of money to the agency to pay Chloe Kardashian to post a picture of her surrounded by Louis Vuitton. It's like, you can win all this. You just have to follow the 70 accounts that Scott Disick is following. It's so, so weird. It's really weird. It seems like a scam. But yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's not because it's not affiliated with Louis Vuitton or Instagram. So you go and follow the 70 accounts that Scott Disick is following. 
following. <laughs> and then um, somebody, all of those accounts get new followers and somebody wins right. the Louis Vuitton. So, and that's how the structure of the giveaway works. And then eventually Chloe will change the caption. So you'll notice that like, it doesn't oh, stay up. Oh, I didn't up. know that. Yeah. So if you go back and look at like Chloe Kardashian's Instagram or Courtney or Kim, they've all done it. It'll mm. just be like, um, what I want for my birthday or, you know, something like they'll just have edited the caption and changed it to something else. Um, which is just, they just do so many things that are like that people, I think, you know, some people can, can identify things as like a bit off. Yeah. Um, definitely. Well, Cause then you end up Googling, are these things? And you see the auto response on Google is like, yeah, is, is that fake? Um, but I think there's a general sense that like, people probably wouldn't bother looking into whether or not it's real or not. I don't know. No, people just, I, I, I think depending on your generation or your experience with the Kardashians, you would just, or your experience with online marketing and online sort of yeah. influencer style branding, yeah. you would just make an assumption uh, automatically. But yeah, I do think um, the Kardashians occupy a very interesting territory in terms of like their scandals obviously work to maintain their relevance mm. um, and they're very talented at capitalising on their lives. And so um, <clears throat> even though it isn't for ratings, you do think of how, how much is, do they make a mountain out of a molehill kind of thing with some of the stuff that happens that may be true but gets uh, exacerbated for the attention or the relevance or yeah. whatever. Like, you know. Even the things that actually do happen. Do happen, yes. They're yeah. like, well, might Keep as well fucking use it. Like Taylor Swift, like, totally. Or, you know, there's so many, there's a hundred things that you could reel off. Um, but anyway. All right, let's move on. Okie dokie. So uh, a couple of, couple of articles uh, have come out in the past week in relation to Instagram's quote-unquote identity crisis uh, and its attempts to maintain relevancy as well as its, as well as its impact on the mental health of its users. Uh, contributing to this was a 2019 internal report that Facebook did about Instagram um, regarding their users' mental health, which they released partially to the public a few weeks ago um, with the majority of what they didn't release then being leaked to the public after this. Um, so that led to those uh, congressional hearings. I think that uh, people may have heard because that senator was going, how will you stop Finster? Um, if anyone saw that. <laughs> I forgot about but that. Right? Anyway, um, this report basically detailed that Instagram slash by proxy Facebook knows for a fact that they make body issues worse for one in three teen girls. Uh, one in five teens say Instagram makes them feel worse about themselves and that Instagram has the biggest impact on body and appearance comparisons relative to other apps of its kind. Um, it also showed, I found this interesting, it also showed how what they call middle rung friends rather than celebrities are more impactful in like exacerbating social comparison because they're closer to home to the individual user. Um, and it also compared the experiences of teen, teens on Instagram to falling down a rabbit hole akin to the stages of grief. Um, except the researchers say in this case, the stages are bargaining, insecurity, self-described dysmorphia, anger, paralysis, and then withdrawal. Um, and in addition to this, an internal battle at Facebook between Instagram and the parent company over the app's place in the world is sort of heating up um, with the attempt of Instagram to mimic TikTok with their reels not going over nearly as well as stealing stories from Snapchat. So today we want to discuss how do you solve a problem like Instagram? 
Hannah. <laughs> I was just sure if you were going to say something else. I was like, oh, no. just wait. Um, no, I, it's interesting. I highlighted that thing about middle middle rung friends as yeah, well because same. that was particularly interesting that they were able to narrow down that little insight. Middle rung friends is um, according to I think it was was it Slate or was that art? Wired or Slate, one of them. Wired or Slate, can't remember. But they basically described it as like the space between friends and distant friends. Mm -hmm. So like not your best friends and not like your classmates or whatever. Yeah, not your acquaintances. Yeah, but like people who were like kind of your friends but like not your besties, Mm -hmm. which I thought was so interesting that those are the people we're most likely to compare ourselves to because we know something about their lives but we're not intimate enough with them to be able to recognise real shit or whatever. But I think what's super interesting about the fact that Facebook conducted this research in the first place mm. and then chose to release some of it is that, like, I mean, to play devil's advocate a bit, like, it is a good thing that the research was conducted and they obviously yeah. put in some effort to to do that for some reason because they obviously, of course they know it's an issue. We all mm. know this is an issue. It's mm. like Instagram knows, Facebook knows, everyone knows. Um, but that all being said, um, Pratiti, I'm going to butcher her name, uh, the vice president and head of research at Facebook. Yeah, right. She released a blog post on their website and she's basically downplaying the outcomes Mm. of the research, um, Mm. and saying, oh, well, they've highlighted this in the wall street journal, but like they missed this, this and this. It's like, Mm. well, I feel like it'd be better if they were just like, yeah, it is a problem. Um, and we're trying to figure out yeah, yeah. how to tackle it. I think people are now criticizing them because they were like, okay, well, two years ago they knew it was a problem and they did nothing about it. Exactly, but I think yeah. The inherent problem with Instagram is that, like, along with all social media platforms, they're designed to make us stay on the platform. Of, of course. And they want us to be on the app as long as possible to serve us the greatest number of ads so they can make the biggest revenue. Mm-hmm. And I think feeling addicted to the ad uh, to the app sorry yeah um itself is a negative feeling it's like i, I yeah. almost think that by nature of these apps by wanting us to stay on there we're going to have negative mental health yeah. outcomes kind of regardless so i don't know how they're meant to they're like between a rock and a hard place because there's something sinister about the apps just by sheer nature of yeah trying of to keep people yeah. there um so they're going against their own best interest in trying to make it yeah. more positive for people. Oh, of course they are, which yeah. is why they're not doing it. That's exactly. undoubtedly, undoubtedly the reason that they haven't taken any sort of action on this internal yeah. report. That is pretty damning on like how it has affected especially a lot of young people, mm. which we all are aware of, but I fear for like the generation like 10 years younger than us who have literally like got Instagram when they were nine yeah or eight that's the because like there's a period between sort of i guess like eight and 15 where you're not as hyper aware of how things are impacting you Mm -hmm. um as you are when you start to get into your older teen years and your 20s yeah that's the sort of that's the the demographic that i actually think are the most sort of uh, concerning with their use because we can compartmentalize and understand that I'm addicted to this app, which of course we all pretty much are. Uh, I know that it is having a negative effect because I know when I see photos like this, I experience jealousy or self hatred or whatever. Um, we understand that. And it's, and it's something that we can like, yeah, separate. But when you're nine or 10 and you're seeing maybe like 
I don't know, people who are 15 and 16 who seem much older and cooler to you. It's very hard for you to make that distinction. And then if you're like 12 and you're seeing, I don't know, your friends with like boys, that's also, do you know what I mean? Like even the tiny things. So I feel like that's the sort of area that is more concerning, um, protecting that like younger demographic of people. And again, it goes against their best interests to do it. But like, it's so intensely ingrained in people's behavior that do they have an obligation to do it? I think so. Yeah. I think that's the thing is like, I guess, you know, I guess my point in terms of it being an inevitable part of the product is that Mm. like in order for them to change, I think that there has to be either government legislation that forces their hand. Totally. Because I think that they're, even though they've conducted this research, the fact that they haven't done anything about it, like you said, shows that they're not going to do it out of sheer goodwill. No, God no. As much as I'm sure they want their users to have a good time, they want people to feel like they can't get off the platform. I think hopefully they will see this as a kick up the ass because it's like mm. they're already I mean going on to our next topic about TikTok is that like they're yeah. already concerned about their waning mm-hmm. their waning um engagement and usership if that's a word with yep. younger demographics yep. so it's like maybe there does need to be a change to make the experience on Instagram better for young people yeah in order for them to maintain any kind of definite you know, relevancy the way instagram has impacted people as well is is kind of new like it is very new because mm. no other social media like not not facebook not myspace not not snapchat not whatever has actually sort of shifted people's realities or identities yeah. in the same way instagram has like you know if we're all being honest with myself and I, I do this too like i have gone on holidays and literally thought to myself i only want like it's not even a conscious thought that is in that like happens as like saying this sentence in your head but you think like somewhere like in the back of your mind you do think oh i want to go here to get a photo to put on instagram yeah like or like i want to see this site or i want to eat this food because and that is like a weird reasoning device in your head that is just working like with all other devices of reasoning in the back of your mind as to why you might want to or not want to do something it's not a conscious thing like oh i want this for the grid but it's like it is a a, an addition to your thought process is how you're going to present something on instagram so i think they are and the, the fact that they realize that that's the level of effect they're having on people i'm it makes it really, I don't know, it's off to think that a brand knows that they've changed a thought pattern in people's heads to that degree. Mm. Not just to an addiction degree, but to a degree that's like, I will base my life around this app. It's so, when you think about it like that, it makes you kind of wonder, because I'm the same, like Mm. we, we all... Or even just wanting to take photos. It's like, well, yeah. what am I taking photos for? Yeah. It's not just for my own enjoyment. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's not for um, a memento of a lovely time with friends. No. As, yeah. much as, as much as that is part of it, like it, yeah. it is, I like having photos of positive experiences I've had. And I'll, I'll look through them, but like I'll also put them on Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Um, but with, with that, it's like it does make you wonder. You're right in that saying that I think Instagram and it's been around for a long time, but mm. you know all these things have a shelf life. You look at MySpace and even Facebook mm. and um, Snapchat or whatever. But um, I think Instagram has done the best job of becoming deeply ingrained in our psyche and the way that totally. we 
navigate the world. Yeah. And it does make you question like, what, um, would I make different decisions if I had no way of publicizing them to other people? Without a doubt. Um, yes, is the answer. Yeah. And, but I think with Instagram is that, and there was an interesting point about this um, in the article we both read from Wired mm. that um, it was really transformative that Instagram created an app purely for your phone. So there was no web-based desktop version. And I think that, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all those other platforms, you had to like, you would typically go home and use it on your computer. Yeah. You know, MySpace, you go on your computer to do it. Because Instagram made it so that like, it was for being on the go. It wasn't for home. Yeah, It could be for home, but you do it when you're out and you take photos and you Mm -hmm. upload them, which I think in and of itself was a big part of why it has become so part of our lifestyle totally yeah because yeah, you yeah, do yeah. it wherever you are so yeah I no i um to continue on that thread and talk about more the, the i guess the turmoil of instagram now mm. with tiktok rising and stuff i did think a couple of things about this because like i think what will save instagram is like tiktok is not functional for interacting with your friends in the same way that instagram is like it, tiktok yeah. is almost more like akin to YouTube totally. in that it is co- it's a content creation app first and foremost rather yeah. than like a social media or sharing app. I don't know the exact words, so forgive me. But like, I, you know, I'm not 16, so I don't know the – I don't fully get it. Like I don't know the ins and outs of like DMing <laughs> people on TikTok and stuff. But like yeah. you don't ne- act like necessarily see what the people you follow post on TikTok unless you actively seek it out. And like, I know messaging exists and is used like extensively by people, but Instagram DMs off the back of stories, I feel like is what keeps the app firing because it gives people a reason to message or interact. And because you're constantly seeing what the people you follow are doing, like Mm -hmm. stories are a lot more casual to reply to. um, than like going on someone's TikTok profile and like DMing them from a video, I feel like like, it's the whole immediate functionality of a story is that you react to it. Um, So I think that that is kind of the saving grace or like the reason that TikTok isn't going to destroy Instagram. Yeah. I mean, obviously the usership is really high, but it's, it's not functional yet. I don't know for like social interaction in the same way. I don't know. I totally agree. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think, and the whole thing is that like TikTok is part of, I think, creativity and something on the app store okay whereas like instagram is a um i don't know the exact name of the category but like instagram is a social media networking app. yeah 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 um but i 100 percent agree like i think tiktok the only you don't, and there's a much higher barrier to entry of actually publishing on the app yeah um, that's very I true i think instagram and what made it so accessible in the first place you take a photo you put a filter on it and you upload it. Yeah. Like that was the whole appeal. You're sharing with your friends mm-hmm. or whatever. TikTok is not about hanging out with your friends. It's yes. about um, follow, finding entertaining content, which is yeah. exactly what YouTube is about. I 100% agree with you that, that's, that they're four different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, what was super interesting about Instagram's choice to go with Reels is that, yeah. um, and I think what people have sort of, found frustration in is that like um it's trying to it's misses the idea that like if you try to do everything you'll just end up being 
kind of mediocre at a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. Rather than you focus on one particular thing and it become it's really good at that one thing. Yeah. Because people will go to you for that one thing if that's what if that's yeah, what you're yeah. good at rather than trying to be a jack of no, all trades. I agree, I agree. And you know, um I Ooh. think with with reels it's turned Instagram in amongst all these other features. Mm. It's turned Instagram into um a place that people who typically used Instagram before and became successful on it, I think might end up moving away from the platform purely because you have to engage with all of their other um, formats in order yeah. to be successful. Yeah. So somebody who became big on Instagram as an influencer because they posted, you know, sexy photos. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a much higher barrier to entry it's to too, suddenly have yeah, to start making now. reels. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not what they were there for. So no, Instagram keeps requiring creators to engage with all of their different tools in order to succeed i wouldn't be surprised if people just became less Mm -hmm. i don't know no i think you're right i i think i thought about this as well and i was like reels were obviously a a big failure and i I saw a quote in the in this article talking about like when they stole stories from snapchat it was a win because it solved a user problem yeah and accelerated um Instagram's growth while stopping Snapchat, but Reels mm-hmm. would because people essentially were feeling t- they didn't want to post everything to the grid because they thought yep. it wasn't grid worthy. So yep. stories fixed that in, from a user perspective and also from a business perspective for Instagram, but Reels were just purely from a business perspective for Instagram. Yep. It did not fix a problem for users. No one was going, we need TikTok inside Instagram, but a shit <laughs> version of it. Um, <laughs> um, like no yeah. one wanted that. and. I almost feel like it was such a uh, bad move on their part because they introduced this functionality that no one uses because they have another app that they use it that's much better and ha- they have built-in follower bases and whatever. Um, and they ignored their like really good creators who already make video content specifically for the app. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe, I don't know what they could have done, but like if they put a bit more time and effort or money or whatever into people like Benny Drama, and like, you know, Sir Video or even like people like the Inspired Unemployed or whatever who make video content for that app, for the one minute video, for, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they actually it create content for Instagram. Why yeah. force them onto this other section that is not really watchable in the same way? Like scrolling Instagram's weird now. Have you noticed? Mm. Reels are like integrated into the, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, because the other thing... <laughs> You can't read comments in the same way. I don't know. It's no, weird. and you have to click on the reels button to see the full video because it's not mm-hmm. in feed format. It's in the stories or like your full phone screen as yeah, TikToks yeah. are. No, it's completely fucked to be honest because <laughs> it is because they yeah. – and it makes like what I think about reels is that like as somebody who works in social media management, I think that what ends up happening is like reels aren't made – TikTok – has a much more endearing, genuine form of right. um, creators, I, th- I would say, for the most part, because yeah. people who went to TikTok and create on TikTok are just trying shit out. So a lot of it's just people, real random people who just managed to capture something. Like a girl I know ha- went viral on TikTok because – if we still even use that term, because a yeah. possum was coming out of the, her roof and she's yeah, right, just right. It yeah. and screaming, you know, yeah, which is like the OG YouTube when like funny cat totally. videos yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. would go viral. More on innocent, definitely. More innocent. Whereas I think Instagram, like I often find on my Instagram feed, it's just all these like marketing gurus being mm. like, um, 
you know, here's how to five ways to succeed on reels. One, look oh at trending. You know, yeah, it's a yeah, lot yeah, like yeah. that. So I feel like reels is the opportunity is very much more like as this right article to reference them again refers mm. to like Instagram's demographic as aging millennials. But like that's yeah. what reels is, is it's like Yo, girl yeah. boss creating um how to videos and like, yeah. you know, lots of aesthetic stuff, which TikTok yeah, yeah, has, yeah. but Instagram, I just don't Orange. think it's, it's just not, it's, it means that like the types of people who are going to be using that stuff, it's not the same as TikTok. If no. anything, it's a little bit in, from my perspective, like more disingenuous. I don't totally. know. Totally. No, I agree. Yeah. I think, um, I don't think like TikTok will kill Instagram in terms of, um, TikTok being for Gen Z and Instagram being for millennials. I think whatever comes next in like social media networking will kill Instagram. Yes, um, I agree. Because that'll be what Gen Z uses for like actually talking to each other. And maybe Snapchat oh, a lot still. I know, which is interesting because mm. Snapchat like, and the thing is, is that Instagram, what they've tried to do is be Facebook, which we know from like internal mm. struggles between Facebook and Instagram, but like, They've tried to be Facebook in the sense that they want to be the place you go to message each other. They want to be the place yeah. you go to post pictures. They want to be the place that you go to um, engage with brands. They want to be the place yeah. where you go shopping. They want to be the place where you read articles. Like yeah. they want to be you. They just Everything. want you there. Whereas like Snapchat, I think, has always stuck to its guns. And interestingly, even though we used Snapchat when we were teenagers, yeah, we've aged out of Snapchat. Yeah, and young people now use Snapchat. Yeah, they use is- it a lot. They use it to like talk. Yeah, yeah, it's which, crazy. and they, Snapchat hasn't changed ultimately what their product no. is about, whereas Instagram has, and young mm. people use it a lot less. So I, mm. I don't know whether that, you know, has something to do with it. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, shall we? Let's move on. Um, okay, so quick word from our sponsor. Um, this episode of the Second Estate is proudly brought to you by Severe Brown Rot, the new <laughs> weather event Dan Andrews invented to keep us inside even longer. Just um check your weather apps everyone there's a new weather event that keeps coming up called severe brown rot alert you can feel it in the air when there's brown rot you can feel it especially down by the yarrow go down the by the yarrow i don't think it's an air thing it is um i don't think it it is is. (laughs) you can feel the brown rot the brown brown rot's a feeling all right, uh, moving on. So um, I'm not acknowledging that. So last week was a significant time in the – sorry. Uh, okay, starting again. Yep. Last week was a significant time in the Britney Spears conservatorship story. Um, a new Netflix documentary titled Britney versus Spears was released, along with the bombshell revelation that Jamie Spears, Britney's dad, has officially been removed as conservator of her estate. Um so we're oh he's also called for the conservatorship to end interestingly mm-hmm. um so we're going to be reviewing this film today and discussing what's next in britney's story sarah just to start off what were your thoughts on the film um i think in the first half an hour i was like do is this like how many exposés documentaries like i mean i know we can't talk because we talk about britney all the time but like how many documentaries yeah but you know are going <laughs> to be different. made about this this one thing like how how many times are they going to like basically demand britney a piece of britney um once again but i will say i the, but when i finished it i appreciated the extent of the research and fact checking and sort of more um 
I don't know, it, it more, it felt like more of a documentary, more of an actual in-depth investigation and like facts and f- figures rather than just relying on sort of, sort of like, uh, people's regret about how we treated her it was very much like here are the documents that we obtained from the court and these are the people that were involved in like i don't know it felt more investigative i suppose um than just like emotionally exploitative or something um so i appreciated that in the film uh but it wasn't necessary i guess yeah i I sort of, my initial, my first thing, same, when I started watching, I was like, what is this adding to the conversation? Because there was obviously Framing Britney Spears first, which is um, the New York Times one that was released back in February. And there's been several since then. Yeah. Um, But I just think in the current context, like it's questionable whether or not these documentaries need to be made without Britney's actual involvement. I agree. And her, I'm sure she was asked to speak. But obviously oh, she totally. wasn't going to, yeah. but her opportunity to speak on her own life. Mm. Because we've heard this story before in multiple documentaries. So I don't think this one adds anything new. It just mm. kind of rehashes a story that is quite painful for the person it's about without her involvement. And she's also spoken openly about how she doesn't like them. Yeah. So it gave me a little bit of a feeling of like, not that, you know, I, <laughs> I know we can't talk so talking about it, but I it did feel a bit like, what's the point of this one now? Mm-hmm. Like I get that it was ultimately in support of her, but I think probably it was probably in production, and they were like, "Well, we just got to release it." Exactly. Um, it's not like they were going to cancel no, the no. release of the movie. I think if it had come out back when Framing Britney Spears had come out, probably would be a different story. But Definitely. now it feels a bit more like, mm. yeah, I think. Yeah, because we've heard from her as well in the meantime yeah. when since they started making it and, and prior to prior to her statement, I guess it was anyone's guess as to w- whether or not these evil things were actually occurring. Um, mm-hmm. But that since she confirmed it, it has kind of it's kind of changed, changed it. And like I, I honestly think like there's going to be a like a uh, what do they call like a biopic made about her there's that's going to happen she'll do a tell-all and and i think we otherwise let's wrap it up to bed yeah because it's like (laughs) she and and look her instagram posts about why she doesn't like these documentaries are often confusing i won't lie like there's often a massive (laughs) aspect of her not liking the shots or the photos that they chose of her um which is a kind of amanda bynes-esque and a bit sad like when you actually read what she said but then there's like the, the, the legitimate sort of argument that she, I mean, not that her not liking how she looks isn't legitimate, but there is the argument of being like, I, you know, these people don't actually know what's going on. I'm sick of people just guessing and like making mm-hmm. assumptions about my life and people who are in it um, and what's happened. Like, I don't know. I think, yeah, let her talk. The next thing that comes out about her, I think it should be Britney speaking. If it's not, I'm not watching it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I think it's we know we know now. We know what happened. We know what every everyone's two cents. And I think yeah. I also personally didn't like the bits where the director and um, the executive producer slash the Rolling Stone girl. journalist yeah, yeah. were like talking over the documents. Um, that yeah. it was so the whole documentary had their voiceover, which is fine, but it mm. had all these cut shots of them at a table together discussing it and like putting yeah. post-it notes on different. Yeah, people. like it was a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah it felt yeah. forced and also to me a little bit self-congratulatory. Oh, like there was yeah. a bit where the journal questioned why. Um, oh my God, I know the bit you're gonna. She say. was being forced to provide questions to Britney ahead of time. Is mm. that? the bit you meant no um keep going 
so where she was like come on it's me or whatever as mm. though not having known Britney um for 15 minutes three years ago yeah because she'd interviewed Britney and Rolling Stone a couple of times and then there was a point where they would ask to provide the questions ahead of time and I was just like you're not her bestie you know like yeah, I just yeah I, of course you're asking fun. to provide the questions yeah it yeah. just felt very like um like it felt like not only the sorry I'm losing my train of thought in my notes no. but the only the makers of the doco but the people also being interviewed were all kind of trying to prove themselves as like I, goodies I agree despite most of them having no actual relationship with Britney now they yeah, might all really being involved in this story that heavily no like yeah, obviously Sam Lutvi was interesting to hear yeah. from him or um her boyfriend at the time Adna, Adnan Galib, Galib. Is that um, it? yeah yeah both of them have been quite controversial figures in yes. terms of their involvement with Britney and potential role in her the events that occurred in 2007 um but it it definitely but even particularly the journalist I was like felt like everyone mm -hmm. was kind of trying to prove that they knew her and that they like yeah. and what I thought was super interesting um it was actually an article from the New York Times but they this is a direct quote why did this person agree to an interview um oh hang on I didn't get the full quote good why did this person agree to an interview but they asked this question like why this person here and what ultimately why did they yeah. agree to an interview and it makes you go like you're thinking that as you're watching because you're going mm. what's the what's motive. trying to be communicated to me here by the documentary filmmaker yeah and then what's the person in front of me talking trying to communicate to me yeah well they're, they're they were all trying to prove that in that scenario back in 2007 when we all called Britney crazy, when yeah. everyone would have probably been pro a conservatorship, they were all trying to prove that, no, I was the one person who was actually there for her, like that random photographer guy. Like him, they were all trying to insert themselves as the good guy. He's like, we, as though he's a best friend. I, I was know. like, I don't know about this. Yeah, and the letter and whatever. And it's just, I think like if this documentary shows anything which i think may be unintentional that it's showing it it's that in her story there is no one who was a quote unquote good guy no yeah. one was virtuous or 100 percent virtuous like sam lutfi jamie her mom her sister herself like everybody involved had a motive or an intention um that was in relation to their own wants or needs or whatever at the time there is there is no one villain or one hero. I mean, you could probably boil it down to Jamie versus Brittany in terms of a villain and a hero if you really wanted to, but everybody's trying to prove that they were on the side, Brittany's side, when they weren't. Of course they no. weren't. And it's like, yeah, it felt like a, a sort of um, apology PR sort of move on the behalf of many of the people that were being interviewed. Um, yeah. Like it was, yeah, pub publicity sort of move from, like even – uh, what's her name? Felicia, the one that was her assistant, yeah. who like wouldn't answer heaps of the questions, but would wouldn't answer them in a way that would suggest that the reason she can't answer them is because Jamie is in fact extremely evil. Like I was yeah. just like, well, why do the fucking interview? I was surprised because I liked the fact that she was. <laughs> she kind of seemed like there was just all these things that she just was like, yeah, I'm not going there. Yeah, yeah. Um. But it was a little bit like I was surprised to see her in this particular one Same. based on how Britney has said she has felt about it, about yeah. these documentaries. Yeah, purely because I agree. she does seem like someone who actually has Britney's best, Britney's interest. best yeah. interests or like cares about Britney. Um, yeah. So I guess she just agreed to do it and then just didn't, <laughs> didn't yeah. want to like divulge anything. But like even Adnan 
Galib, I don't know if that's how you say it, Galib, yeah. um, shared her text messages from the time. And like, he's definitely trying to sh- frame himself mm. as like a little bit of a victim, I think, because he was a paparazzi, a paparazzi or paparazzi, yeah. however you say yeah. it, yeah, he um, was. when they started dating and Britney, you know, took a liking to him or whatever. Mm. And he's kind of painting himself as like a bit of a victim because like yeah. she was, you know, a pop princess and whatever. Yeah. And he's this like other guy coming in a bit of an underdog yeah um and he's you know not white or whatever yeah. and and yeah and like there is definitely an element to that but at the same time it's like yeah but you were a paparazzi who was following her yeah. around yeah and and took yeah, advantage of a pop star exactly. wanting to date you so exactly. it's like i don't know no, if you're yeah. i don't know there were just all these people talking that i just felt a little bit like Every single one of them was doing it to try and get themselves on the right side of what on the right side of history as it is now. Yeah. Like, and none of them and, came know. off though, except Kevin Federline's lawyer, who straight up said he was like, if she was that desperate to leave, she could have said something. He was basically like, it's she doesn't have to. He said, "L.A. isn't a gulag or something like that." Did you? Yeah, did, yeah, I yeah. remember this. And yeah. he was like, "It wouldn't be that hard for her to communicate a message." I was like, "Okay, you're a fucking asshole." Yeah, <laughs> like, but at least he obvious. didn't pretend to be like I, you know. The actions that were taken against Britney, I was not in support of. Like, yeah, I was involved. Yeah, or the I, geriatric yeah. psychiatrist, retired what geriatric. What was that? He was What weird. was the point of including his interview? Because he was in it for about 30 seconds. And he was like, I'm not going to acknowledge that I've ever met her. <laughs> and we're like, okay, well, why did why would this inc- was this included? This could have been a title card. Yeah, I didn't I think, think this. Yeah. I honestly didn't think this documentary was anything to write home about no. except for making everyone in it come off as a bit of a selfish yeah. self-absorbed and yeah. trying to make themselves definitely. look good yeah. including the people who made it <laughs> no yeah, offense no i agree them. no definitely including them especially um, including them because they included themselves in it like they were so weird um, that I made me a- feel weird them doing the bit i was just like oh this is so like why yeah, are you in it you're a filmmaker like you're behind the scenes okay i know when when one of them was like that's the patriarchy yes yes like, i was yes. just like that's what i and thought you were gonna say also, she also said you don't get out until you scream. Yeah, and it was like, did they actually just go, hang on, can we reshoot that? We've re- we've written a line for you that we're going to use in the trailer. So if you could just quickly say that. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. I did write down who do you think will play Britney in the eventual movie about her life? My immediate thing is Addison Rae. I, 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 I think she should. I, think I do too, but I don't think it would happen. No, she'd have to have some serious acting classes. Yes. Before she did that. Um, but looks like Britney, sounds mm. like Britney. Um, similar backstory. Similar backstory, Louisiana, mm-hmm. born and raised. Uh, I don't know. Is there anyone else you think? I wrote Addison. I wrote maybe Sydney Sweeney. Oh, maybe. Mm. I'm sure Random, someone who's maybe. Like young and... I just don't know anyone who's like... Yeah. Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> Um, well, Olivia Rodrigo, but I think that would be a bit random. Um, no, obviously she's not going to play Britney. It should be Addison. It sh- should be Addison, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, we? should we finish? Yeah. Do our closing segment? Yeah, we're um, doing top three. Uh, yes, we're doing top three. Okay, should I start? Yep. Um, this is a bit of a random one because I obviously forgot to do this bit, but top three interior design trends. Fuck, I don't know. Or things Jesus. that you – what are your – okay, how about – I don't know the names of, like, interior design trends. I was more thinking, like, items that you like in interior design, uh, things that you want in your dream house. Because um, I know I, you like furniture and stuff, so what's Yeah, like? I like a lot of, like, 
I like wood, like tough, <laughs> like wood paneling and like like uh, authentic weatherboard. I know that's not really interior design. I like vertical timber a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, like I like wood furniture, like proper like teak furniture and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I like. <laughs> um, uh, I enjoy a green, uh, like. Like uh, Dakota Johnson's kitchen green splashback. Oh yeah, nice in the kitchen. I like knives on a magnet, mm-hmm. um, and I like pots, cast iron pot, pots or pans hung up. up on hooks. Yeah, I just I feel like, like I'd never put them. I'd like let them dry that way, and so they'd always be water dripping. Yeah, onto the ground. Like on yeah, that's head. probably not good. Um, yeah. I I. Uh, um, it's probably not good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. That's, that's, I'm no, you answered. Yeah, I would okay. say that's at least three. I think you can start um, if you want. Okay. Top three um, favorite Kardashian scandals. Um, definitely Jordan Woods, mm. um, Tristan. Yeah. I don't know if this counts as a scandal, but I did like when like we didn't know if they were pregnant, and then we found yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. No, really that's, a scandal. that's good. No, count. no, no. Kylie's um, pregnancy was pretty, like, it was a story. Yeah. Oh, I don't, this isn't one of my favourites, but I just think it's been one of the most interesting was the Paris robbery. Yeah. Because obviously I didn't want that to happen to Kim. No. But it was traumatic. It was, but it was also made for, um, it was just very interesting, the story, totally. like true crime vibes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Top three songs to stream right now. Good ones by Charlie X. Yes, that's correct. Um, is that the, that's the only answer, right? Good ones by Charlie X. Yeah, no, I just thought you might have a couple of songs um, on the stream right now. Do, 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 do. Bunny is a rider, Caroline. Apologies. Nice. Um, and um, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Bob Dylan. Lovely. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, top. Oh, top three Britney Spears songs. Oh. Um. Toxic would be my favorite. Yep. Um, can I just have a quick? Yeah, look at Spotify. Hang on, this is um, going to be a slight silence here for a second. That's okay. I'll just entertain the listeners, perhaps with some stand-up comedy. Okay, go for it. Um, oh, um, piece of me. Uh huh. And do they not have? Oh no, I need... this is Britney Spears playlist. Hang on. <laughs> There's going to be just like random songs off it. You just need one more. I actually think Lucky. Really? Random. I like that though. That's a good choice. Yeah, I like Lucky. Yeah. She's so lucky. She's a star, yeah. but she cra- Okay. Uh, top three okay. coolest celebrities. Rihanna. Zoe Kravitz. Hmm. Maybe Charlie, XCX, she's pretty cool. Yep. I would agree with all of those. Um, Okay. I feel like I've asked you this. Wait, do I have one more to ask you? Yeah. I feel like I've asked you this before, but you might want to change your ranking. What what are your top three Kardashian family members in order? So go three, two, one. As in my third favorite, my second favorite, and And my first favorite. Okay. Oh. At the moment, I think it would go. Can I be like at the moment? Yeah. Okay. Third favorite is Courtney. 
whoa yeah crazy i know i just she's she's, embarrassing me lately she has been cracking me up lately yeah um i've been i just been like i play i think it was because me and angus did it to that tiktok sound that's like um i think you just take things the way that i'm not meaning them or whatever yeah yeah she always just says things i'm like i just haven't given her enough credit for her wit so at the moment i would say her number three yeah Um, i think she provides valued entertainment uh, number two would be Chloe. Yeah. And number one would be Kim. Yeah. Well, Good order. Thank you. But usually I think I'd go like Chloe, number one. Yeah. Kim second and then like Kylie. But yeah, no, I same. That's moment, usually my, my. Your mix. Mix. Yeah. Yeah. I was also, now we did also ask on Instagram for people's top three. Oh, but yeah. They all sucked. No offense. <laughs> Except <laughs> like two. So. And then, but do, do you want me to ask you one? Time. Yeah. 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 Ask yeah. Do it. a better job next time. Cause the ones you all mm. picked would just. I'm really sorry, but I'm not because mm, do better. It wasn't good. Uh, top three TikTok audios. This one was submitted by one of our listeners, um, Elle Baston. Um, yeah. uh, this is for Rachel. You tr- whatever the like, you know the voice messages like this is for Rachel. You don't know totally ass bitch. Oh yeah, that yeah. one. I have have a soft spot for that. I also loved meal pops. That's a throwback. I loved that. Holy woodchucks next. Oh, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck? That was really good. Woodchuck, woodchuck, I'm trying to think. It's so hard because there's so many that you don't really remember them. I um really liked the ones that I know way too many people here right now that I didn't know last year. Who the fuck are y'all? I really like some of the videos that came out of that. Um, and what do you think about berries and cream? On TikTok. Mm, berries I, and cream, berries and cream. You know that one? I haven't really, I have, honestly haven't been using TikTok lately. Um, that I one's fully, been, might not have seen it. I've liked, oh, it's been everywhere. You probably have, you just haven't really realized or something. That one I've Maybe. quite liked. I literally the subversion. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's hard to think of them off the top of your head, but yeah, there's some. Yeah, those were good. All right, thanks for everyone for listening. Um, yeah, comment on our new Instagram post. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck yeah. wood? Yeah. Um, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, comment. comment on our latest YouTube video, and give us a, your firstborn, please. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.